I'm really excited to be here on a Sunday morning to be able to have this time to share in God's Word um, together with you. And, um, you know, periodically on Tuesdays I teach, so I have have done that a bunch of times on Tuesdays, but this is my first opportunity to be here on a Sunday, so I'm very excited. So Pastor David had visited me, and he asked me if I would be willing to share this morning, and I immediately said yes because I was incredibly excited. And then I went and I read the scripture that was assigned for our summer reading program, and I was like, oh man, this is going to be tough. <laughs> and then I immediately thought, I wonder if he's trying to tell me something here. But, um, but nonetheless, um, James has been an awesome book to be studying this summer, and James had it in his heart to try and teach Christians a better uh, or a more solid and more straightforward approach to living and walking out their Christ, Christian life. And, um, and I, really, I really, really have enjoyed studying that this summer. So I don't know about you, but I'm wondering, can you remember a time in your life when you heard a really amazing speaker? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping that that happens here today, but there's no guarantee. No, really. I'm talking about someone that when you heard them speak, they left you feeling full of hope or full of excitement or maybe even righteous anger, like, I'm going to do something about this travesty. I'm going to go out right now into the world and do something to affect somebody else's life. Or maybe you even felt afraid or sad after they spoke. I can remember watching George W. Bush address the nation after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. And I can honestly tell you that I don't remember a single word that he said. But, but, as, but as long as I live, I will never, never forget the emotions that I felt after he spoke. I felt extreme sadness. I felt anger. And then I felt a pride for my country. I felt excitement because this directly affected my life. And then I felt fear because this directly affected my life. And then again, I felt this upwelling and this overbearing feel, feeling of anger. I was in the military at the time, and that speech affected what was going to happen in my immediate life. And I knew, I realized as I was watching him speak, that I was looking directly at the face of war, the war that I would live out at least. I still find it odd that I don't remember a single word that he said, but those feelings will forever be etched in my mind. You see, words can cause us to feel a multitude of emotions, emotions that we will remember long after we forget those words. They don't have to come from an eloquent speaker they can come from anyone. When I was a little girl, I had a hard time making friends, and I didn't establish an actual group of friends until I was in middle school. And I can remember my dad dropping me off at Maple Lake one, one summer day to swim with a friend. And another girl had made some comments about me and my family. And I can't remember the actual words that she said to me, but I remember that they made me feel angry and ashamed. I had never felt ashamed 
of myself or my family before. No clue what those words were, but those emotions stuck with me. They penetrated my core being. In James chapter 3, he talks a lot about the power of the tongue. I have heard it said that the tongue is the most powerful muscle in all of the body. So I googled that, and it's not true. Apparently, there's this little muscle in your jaw, and it is the most powerful muscle in your body. But really, truly, the tongue is the most powerful muscle in the body. If we look at how it affects our communication, if we look at the fact that it gives us the ability to have a language that, is communicate, that we can communicate with amongst each other, out of all creation and all the creatures God created, we are the only ones that have received the gift of speech or language. I know there's some people that say, oh, the animals can talk to each other or whatever. But we can communicate beyond language barriers. I can learn different languages and communicate with people even though there's that barrier there. We're able and capable of learning those other languages. And that is truly remarkable. So James is talking about how we use that language in a way. James 3, 1 through 12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go ever, wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is the flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your body. I can set your whole, it can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So James starts out by giving us a warning to the teachers that they will be held accountable for their teachings before God. So when I read this, I was like, what are you trying to do to me, Pastor David? I mean, seriously, this is my first time out in front of church. But, but it kind of shook me for a minute. So that caused me to study for a lot longer and to really dig deep into this word. You see, that doesn't mean that, they, that the teachers are perfect because he says we all make mistakes. But it is important to understand who we will be held accountable to. 
So I feel it's important to establish a few things right off the bat. And James is talking to the teachers of the church. But our church expands way beyond the walls of this building. The church is the body of Christ. And anyone that believes and is willing to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ is a teacher. You can keep your message small or you can make it really big. But trust me, you are someone's teacher. It may be in your home. It may be in your life group. It may be in a group of friends. It may be in your workplace. It may be in the middle of the grocery store. But you have the ability to be a teacher to someone. And James is telling us just about that. You see, a teacher was a leader, and each teacher had followers, just like a church has a pastor, and every classroom has a teacher, and every family has a head of household, and every business has a manager, and every sporting team has a coach. James is telling us that a teacher or a leader is much like that jockey of the horse that guides the horse wherever he wants it to go. It's like the captain of that ship that steers them wherever he wants it to go. In both of these cases, they use very small instruments to accomplish those tasks. The jockey uses a bit in the horse's mouth, and the captain steers by the use of a small rudder. So we direct those we lead in the faith by the use of our words every word that rolls off of our tongue. James 3.9 says, Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. So let me tell you something right now. In this one verse, we are able to see the absolute magnitude of the power of our words. In one breath, we can praise the Lord, And in the next breath, we can curse his children, our brothers and sisters. We do it. We do it, and we don't even realize we do it. That's that's what James means in verse 6 when he says, And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now, I will tell you, in my life, I used to be quick to talk, quick to say, quick to act, It took me a very long time to develop this stop sign between my brain and my mouth. And for the longest time, I never realized that I needed to do that. I just said how I felt. If I was hurt, I let somebody know. There was no no accountability for what I would say. When I first read that scripture there, that verse 6, where it's talking about how it can corrupt your entire body, how it can destroy your life, The first person that popped through my mind was Paula Dean. And some of you can remember this, but Paula Dean had made a racial remark. And again, I don't remember exactly the words that she said, but I remember that she said something that was impactful and it hurt. 
And the aftermath of it was a destruction for her, but it was also a destruction for those of her, the, for those who had looked up to her. I mean, I always thought she was a great person. And then when I heard this, my whole view of her changed. And, it can, and that, too, can happen to us in our own lives. James says in verse 11, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. James is really trying to help us understand our own imperfectness. Together, we can strive to do better, to be better. But we have to be aware of the fact that we are a salty spring. A salty spring that from time to time uses very harmful words. In Proverbs 15:4, it says, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. This is a great perspective to hold on to. Gentle words are a tree of life. They can build up. They could change somebody's whole life. One positive word, but a deceitful tongue can crush the spirit. The impact of our words can be life-changing in either a positive or a negative way. The examples that I gave you earlier were impactful moments that I could, remem- I could not remember the words but I remembered the emotions that they caused. In that same sense, there are many, many words that I do remember. Words that hit me so hard, I believed them for a very long time. Words that still to this day try to creep in and cause me harm. Words that have at one time in my life or another crushed my very core. Words that were used as ammunition by my friends, by people I loved, by people I looked up to, family members, teachers, even co-workers. And for a long, long time, I held those things in my heart. For example, let's say that this glass of water here is my pure heart unscathed. You're lazy. You're worthless. You're stupid. You're annoying. You're poor. You're weird. You're ugly. You don't fit in. You're not welcome here. And as we see this This vase here, this water, and all of those harmful words are just like the coloring that was added to the water. And they slowly penetrate into that heart. And they stain that heart. And is no longer pure. And all the while, in this heart, things are spewing out. Things that are negative things. Remember I was telling you about not having the stop sign. And that's what happens. We receive painful things into our hearts, and therefore, out of our hearts come painful things. Out of our heart 
comes things that will hurt other people. Out of our hearts, out of our mouths, will come things that can cause others harm. But, but, when we study what God's word says about us, and we believe it, and we tuck it into our hearts, something incredibly beautiful happens, something that is life-changing. Jesus says in John 15, 15, I am Jesus' friend. I am a whole new person with a whole new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I am a place where God's spirit lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I am God's incredible work of art. Ephesians 2.10. I am totally and completely forgiven. 1 John 1.9. I am created in God's likeness. Ephesians 4.24. I am spiritually alive. Ephesians 2.5. I am a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20. I am God's messenger to the world. Acts 1.8. I am God's disciple maker. Matthew 28.19. I am the salt of the earth, Matthew 5.13. I am the light of the world, Matthew 5.14. I am greatly loved, Romans 5.8. I am a child of God, Galatians 3.26. And as we receive that word, gently and continually, it cleanses our spirit and our heart as well. And you can see... That the water is clear, just as our heart is clear. Believing in what God says, studying what his word says, putting it in our hearts and believing it, neutralizes. It neutralizes and it overpowers the negative voices that we have believed. No matter how long you have believed them, they will be neutralized. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 35 through 37, a good person produces good things from, a tre- from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So today, there is hope, because praise to be to our Lord Jesus Christ, we were gifted with another day and another opportunity to clean out the treasury of our hearts so that we will not be condemned, but be acquitted, to move forward with an awareness of what our words are capable of doing to others in their lives. If you are here today and you know you have been leading others poorly by your words, if you know you have caused harm to others because of your words, or if you are still holding on to the pain of harmful words that have been used against you, I'm going to ask you to please respond during our last song. I will pray with you. 
it's important that there's something else that I, I feel like I need to share. And this is something that I try to keep in the front of my brain. It is something that I need to keep a continual awareness of. And it is the image of Jesus staggering painfully through crowds as he was beaten and mocked, as he was spit on, as he heard so many painful words coming at him as he made, that, made his way to where he would be crucified for us. Mocked and beaten and cursed, all the while knowing that he was doing it for them, that he was doing it for us, all the while understanding and completely and totally accepting the fact that he was making a way for them and that they did not know what they were doing. So today, if you need to let go of painful words and clean out your heart, today, if you are sitting there and you realize that you have said words to somebody that caused them harm, I'm going to ask you to step forward. I'll have you come forward, and just as Jesus made his way through the crowds and stood against any kind of mockery, any kind of words or judgment, any kind of slander or spitting on, any kind of cursing, when you come before God and a body of believers, the Holy Spirit shows up in your life in a way that is unimaginable so that you can feel the healing touch of our Savior. Make a statement today about your faith before God and man and allow God to clean out your heart and help you move forward in becoming a good leader in your family, in the lives of the people that you are connected to on a daily basis. I'm so grateful to have had the time that I have had with you today to share.